Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, hey, closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life on Closet, and we are in the midst of Pride Month, and as promised a couple of weeks ago, I am bringing back my friend Anne-Marie Zanzel, and we are going to talk about our journeys beyond the closet. And we're going to pat ourselves on the back because we are so far ahead of everybody <laughs> and we're so far behind all the bullshit that we're the perfect host and guest to tell you exactly how wonderful it is when you're as perfect as us out of the closet, which is all a bunch of bullshit. So, yeah. uh, well, not all of it's bullshit because we have moved a lot. Um, I'm 20 years down the road. Anne Marie's about three years down the road from coming out late in life. And for the rest of this conversation, we're just going to kind of share, you know, where we are. What's, what's happened for us? So welcome back, Amory. I'm so glad to have this conversation again. The last one was really great. So, Well, thank you for having me, Rick. Of course. So um, I, I think I'll kind of just dive in and say, I don't know that you're ever completely beyond. No, I don't think so. I think there's always a foot in the closet <laughs> in some way. Even if you don't feel like, oh, yeah, I've got my foot in the closet, something's going to happen in your daily life, and then you're going to go, oh. Well, you know, I, okay, so I don't know if I would call it the closet. I think that internalized homophobia is such a, like, pernicious thing that um, it is so ingrained in us that sometimes it still trips you up. That's what I would like to say. And uh, one of the things that I realized after coming out, just because someone's come that has come out, doesn't mean they have let go of their, of their internalized homophobia. Yep. Yep. And so, and so a lot of people in the community, the gay community hate that word, yep. but, and it's a difficult word, but what it, all I'm talking about, and I wish I had another one, I'm talking about the laws, religion, society, heteronormativity, all of that works together to form uh, a narrative that being gay is wrong. And so we have internalized this as internal messages to us and they're very subtle. So um, I'll give an example. A dear friend of mine recently, um, uh, she's out, she's partnered, she's getting married this summer and she was still worrying about putting her marriage pictures up on her Facebook page. And even though everybody knows that she's out and she, but some people in her life, don't know she's remarrying a woman. And so she realized her own internalized stuff and she said, oh my goodness, I still have stuff to work on. Yep, yep. And yeah. I think that's the thing that that kind of shocks most of us is something will happen like that and suddenly we're like, wow, where did that come from? You know, and I, yeah. the only thing I can compare it to and this is, is similar is um, about two weeks ago, I was sitting here in my office getting some work done and it just, it this this urge just hit me and it was a nicotine hit and I have mm -hmm. not smoked in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I thought, where the fuck did that come from? 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm really, and I'm really good at like, okay, what, you know, let's look at the environment. Let's look at what was happening in that moment. I couldn't put a pinpoint on it. I just couldn't pinpoint what had happened. And I think that's kind of what happens in these situations too. It's like something hits. You don't really get why it hit other than there's a trigger, you know, something's going to trigger this feeling. And then lo and behold, you're like, wow, I'm second guessing myself. I'm having a little bit of shame and blah, blah, blah. In fact, um, mm-hmm. one of my most recent guests on the show, Seth Vermilia, he's a tarot card reader and he does um, coming out tarot readings, which is, he's amazing. This guy is phenomenal and I love him to death. And whether you believe in that stuff or not, just trust me, this guy is amazing. And we were recording another podcast, my second podcast, which is the 40 plus Real Men Real Talk podcast. And he talked about his own internalized homophobia and that he was at work one day and he went to flip on his music in on his phone in his office and it was like this big <laughs> disco <laughs> anthem from like a pride festival. And he thought, oh my God, I got to turn this down because what if somebody hears this? And it's mm. not like he's not out at work, but it's just, there it was. Right. It was like, that was, oh, that music may be too gay. Mm-hmm. So I think these are the things that as we move through these moments of life, and I think it's so poignant for Pride Week or Pride Month, is to realize you're just being human. Mm-hmm. You're going to mm-hmm. have these things crop up. Mm-hmm. And some things you're going to think you're beyond and other things you're going to suddenly go, oh, well, so if it, I know a lot of our listeners probably been members of AA and Al-Anon. Um, and, and I think it's one of those things like, so, uh, recognition is 50%, right? I mean, like, and, and so like, um, we recognize something, but it doesn't mean it's cured. Right. So for example, patterns of behavior, like when you get in a serious argument or something like, and all of a sudden you're acting like you're somebody you did like 40 years ago and you're like, what the, (laughs) like, where did that come from? Patterns of behavior are very hard to uh change you know that are something that are um i would say that are deeply ingrained in us and so for a lot of us our homophobia is often deeply ingrained now i have met a lot of people that have been out for you know 30 years and they've been doing 40 years and they've been doing this work a long time and they don't have that anymore it's just yeah Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. And, and I, I can actually say for the most part, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of in that realm now. I just don't care. I'm, I, and I never did. I, I was kind of different. My poor husband, um, who wasn't my husband when I met him, obviously, but you know, 18 years later, he's still here. So, um, but when we first got together, uh, I was very open about being out. We'd be in Target or somewhere. And this was like the early 2000s. So we were just we were just getting beyond the Ellen DeGeneres years and all that sort of stuff. We were just starting to kind of have a movement here. And um, I, we'd be in Target and say, honey, or, you know, I'd reach over and touch his shoulder or something. And not that he was like freaked out. It just, I could tell there were like moments where he's like, I don't know about this, you know. And then mm-hmm. as we move forward, things that, you know, as we're talking today about things that we've gotten past, we just pretty much, we don't care. That doesn't mean we necessarily are walking down the street holding hands all the time, but there's nothing wrong with us saying, oh, honey, can you do this? Or now this is my husband and blah, 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 blah. And so I think these are those moments where when you sit and you look at yourself and you go, oh, here's where I've come to. That's when you just go, ah, yes, we're so, so I, I, even though I am only three years out of the closet, I, I've been blessed to be with a, a woman who's been out for, for 
35 years. Um, and uh, so she challenged my internalized homophobia when I was coming out all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I just wanted to share two things. Um, first of all, so I was a hospice chaplain and I was working in hospice and I you know, was visiting a patient who was a very conservative Christian woman. And um, I came home after a long day and I said to my um, then girlfriend, I said, um, oh my gosh, you know, I was thinking I was with this patient and we're singing religious songs and I was thinking, what if she knew I was a lesbian minister? And like, I all of a sudden had this like realization, like in this very down voice, I'm going to be a lesbian minister for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, Oh my God, Amory, you get to be a lesbian minister for the rest of your life. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it just, it went shift, shift. Yep. And I like sort of all of a sudden looked at it through the lens of um, being proud that I'm out and I'm a mm -hmm. lesbian minister and this is who I am. And then as something shameful. Yeah. And um, the second thing I want to talk about too is okay, so you're newly out of the closet. You have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you're in public. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you to challenge yourself. Like if you're in a place where you feel safe and you can do it, you know, holding their hand, even though it really is like feeling really a little odd to you because you're so new at this. Um, that's your internalized homophobia. And I remember when I was first dating my girlfriend, then girlfriend, I mean, she'd be like wanting to hold hands and I'd be like, okay i'll hold your hand <laughs> and it's like one of those things they say you know you sort of fake it and then all of a sudden it's just who you are and yeah, it's just who you, are. you know and just don't be you know it's sometimes you have to push yourself out your comfort zone you know yeah and i think that comes with time there's a couple other things that i've noticed mm -hmm. about myself that have come with time is um feeling insecure about the relationships because mm -hmm. it's like oh okay here I am. I'm just newly out of the closet. Da, 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 da. And I, I will encourage anybody who is listening to this, who has been married and coming out, that your insecurity about the relationships is going to be part of the journey because you've been so used to having that relationship, that longer term relationship. Because most of the at least most of the people I work with have been in long term relationships, somewhere between anywhere from 10 to 25, 30 some odd years. So suddenly you're, you're accustomed to that. And now here you are and you're going through some changes because dating somebody of the same sex and being with somebody in the same sex, there's lots of differences and you're trying to figure out how you do this. And so there's always going to be this insecure edge. And then you add to it that maybe they've never had family or children. And so they're having to be like customized into that world or they've been out all their life and you haven't. So there's all these interesting spaces that cause a lot of times the insecurity like just go 10 times what it should be. Right. And Just you can accept also, that that's part of the journey. Well, and also too, you can meet somebody that may be out for 30 years and doesn't have the whole internalized homophobia exactly. thing figured there's out. So and so there's, there's, yeah. So it, yeah. And I agree with you, Rick, that a relationship with a person of your own gender is very different than a relationship with a person mm -hmm. of the opposite gender. And guess what? We're all newbies at this in the beginning. Give yourself some love and compassion you know, you're not going to figure it all out. It took you, if you're coming out at, you know, 45, it took you 30 years to figure out 
<laughs> relationships with the give 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 ourselves we really need to give ourselves our times because I, you know for me my first year with my relationship with my now partner was very tricky i had to learn a lot of things and of just being with somebody of the same gender yep. you know i just i needed to learn some things but i think the thing that helps and this is something that's helped me um and everybody who listened to this knows that i've been with my husband all we're, we're going on 18 years so pretty long longer than my my heterosexual marriage and um i look at every day as i'm still a newbie because if I look at it through the lens of I'm always a newbie, then I'm not surprised by anything that comes up because I am moving forward. And the beauty of being a newbie is you have nowhere to go but move forward and you're going to mm -hmm. continue to learn new things. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not older and wiser, too, because I am. But I, I find that sometimes if I get really caught up in something, um, which I tend to do still at times, there's <laughs> times there's some insecurities that show up. I go, well, that's just because this is something new. Or it's something old that you're still trying to work through that really it's an old habit that mm -hmm. you get through the newness of like, I'm going to change the habit. So then that becomes scary, you know? And I think for a lot of us, as we grow through our coming out journey, not that it ever ends. I'm going to caveat that. It never ends. You're always mm -hmm. coming out. Is to latch on to the moments where you realize, ooh, okay done that. Cool. Now let's go forward and also latch on to, Ooh, this is new. What can I learn from it? Because mm -hmm. that's how you move it forward. That's how right. you can say, here's where I've come. So two places I know that I have personally come from, uh, in my journey, there's lots of them, but these two are the, my biggies and it is the insecurity in my relationship. And the second is giving a damn what other people think. I just mm -hmm. don't care. I literally don't care. Now I say that and I don't mean that in like a shitty way. <laughs> I mean, I don't care that you care that I'm gay. I don't care. I don't have mm -hmm. to give you that. I don't, you don't, uh, a friend of mine, Laura Gassner, who's been on the podcast, she just wrote a book called Limitless. And one of my favorite lines in that entire book is, why do you keep continuing to give someone a vote in your life who doesn't deserve that vote? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I have a reflection on that. Uh, recently, um, in one of my groups, we were just, somebody was discussing about, like, how she was in, um, uh, where was she? Oh, she had commented on somebody's shirt at church, and um, that it was a nice shirt. But then all of a sudden, she found herself qualifying that she didn't mean it in any kind of way than other than it was a nice shirt because she was the only lesbian in the group of women. She's newly out. So she's newly out. And, and I said to her, well, what's wrong if it was a nice shirt? Why do you have to apologize for who you don't have to? What I said to her is you don't have to make other people comfortable about who you are as right. a person. That is not our job. And I think that was the biggest learning curve for me. Um, I, a lot like a lot of women, I was a people pleaser. Yep. And so all the change that happened as I came out, you know, made me, you know, and I, and I had a lot of um, rejection among friends and stuff like that. And um, it made me learn not like Rick said, not to care about what other people think. Because I think that if we are truly out and living our authentic lives in the society, whether we're gay or straight, whatever our authentic life is, 
is that we have to get to a point of some level of really not caring what other people think. Doesn't well, mean yeah. you don't care about them. No, no, no. Yeah, but and I mean, especially strangers, like yes. or people that are not in my life. I just don't care. Yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't have and, I don't have five, time for that. Well, and the thing is, is I don't have energy for that either. If I'm giving energy to that, where could I better be giving energy to to make my life better, to enjoy right. my life, to be fully who I am, and and that piece of you know you saying, well, you know, if I keep caring about what other people think, that energy then says you're still concerned about pretending to be something for someone else that you're not intended to be. You're putting way too much energy into it. Right. And it, this is probably one of the hardest pieces of who we are. I don't care if you, you're just coming out of the closet. I don't care if you're coming out at 12 or 90. The energy that you put into trying to be who you're supposed to be for someone else is the biggest piece that keeps us in the closet because we are so afraid of what somebody else is going to think. Correct. The moment you can just move beyond that. Mm -hmm. And say, I love myself enough, which is another place I have definitely gotten to. Um, even to the point where I actually currently, I don't have any relationship with my father. Mm -hmm. Because? Because he, he basically, at Christmas time in 2018, came at me with, well, if you hadn't done this, and if you hadn't chosen this lifestyle, and da-da-da-da-da, this wouldn't be happening. And I just said, you know what? I don't have energy or time for this anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do, you, you, do, you do not get to be part of where I put my love, my care, my relationship. And it's been the hardest thing I've ever done. Because I've done this several times where I'm like, okay, and this time I, so currently I'm still holding. And it, the hardest piece was his birthday was in the last six months. I didn't reach out. He did call and leave a message. And I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this because I know another six months from now, I'm going to go through the same bullshit all over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Father's Day. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, Father's <laughs> Day is right happening. And so we'll see. But I, I know I feel this way. And so these are these moments when, we're when Anne Marie and I are talking about the th where you move past. These are probably some of the toughest things to talk about. Especially when it's someone you love deeply. Exactly. I, that's happening with actually, I have four children and it's happening with it. And two of my children have been great the entire time. The other two have all, they've really struggled with uh, my coming out and the divorce from their dad. Um, it is part and parcel of this for some of us. Um, my relationship with one of my children has healed. Um, but the other one, it's just starting to fall apart at the seams. Um, and it was because I said, you know, I can't, he, uh, he, this child was uh, pretty verbally abusive to me. And I got to the point where it's like, I can't do this anymore with you. And until you are respectful to me as your mom, I can't have a relationship with you at this point. And it, it's really painful. Um, I love him dearly. Um, but I definitely, I literally um, text him every morning and say, I love you very much. I am here for you when you're ready to have a relationship again. And, and so he know, or I'll send something, you know, thinking of you today. I mean, it's my child. It's a little different than a parent-child relationship in the sense of the other way around. Sure. And I, you know, I just know what I know. I can't 
take that verbal abuse from him anymore. And that's exactly and where I got. I yeah, I'm just, I'm not doing that. that. <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I just said, I, I can't take this mental abuse anymore. I've done it for 55 years and I'm not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I think those are the tough moments when we talk about where we've come to. And then, you know, to kind of wrap things up here, I, for me, and I'm gonna share like a, a place of really positive space that I feel like I've come to. And it's, we are, we are literally, so it's June, so I came out in November of 1999, so we are just a few months away at my 20th anniversary of coming out of the closet. And um, I think the thing that is the most positive piece of this whole puzzle for me is I've come to a place that I really love myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Almost in every way. I mean, yes, I'd like to get rid of my muffin, you know, my muffin pack <laughs> around my waist, but we're working on that. We're getting there. Um, so I think for me, Rick, is that, that yes, what you said is a part of it, but um, changing a lot of things in my life has opened me up to be much more creative with where I want my life to go. And so um, I've partnered with a couple other women, uh, Diane Gallen and Rachel Smook, to form a company called Vita Nova. And we're actually launching everything in June, uh, right now in June. Um, and we're basically um, formed a strategic alliance to empower women to recognize their own gifts and talents. And we want them to be able to nurture them and for their own inner purpose. And this has been a byproduct of the three of us and our own, all own experiences of coming out. And although it is, yes, about coming out, it really is actually applicable to anybody's um, life. So we have a Facebook group now called Vita Nova Group. So if you want to find out more about we, what we're doing, people can join us in that group. That'd be awesome. And I think this is so beautiful that you shared that. Um, because if you're struggling with the coming out piece, yes, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. But what I love the most about this is when and I'm generalizing here and I hate it, but I'm going to give you the umbrella of all this. The thing I've noticed most is when somebody comes out of the closet, it gives them permission to come out of so many other closets in their life. And it may be work. It may be pursuing their purpose and their passion. It may be losing weight. It may be walking out of a marriage that isn't good for them, whether they're gay or straight. It may be anything. But that experience of coming out, and I do this with straight and gay and bi and trans and everybody else, they have these closets and then boom, as soon as they do that first one, they're like, okay, now I can do this next thing. And I think that's mm -hmm. beautiful testimony, what you just brought up. It's that yeah. I saw this in myself, now I can do this and now I can help somebody else. So I'm so, so excited for that for you. That's so awesome. Thank you. And so like really quickly, just to piggyback on what you said, Rick, is being fearless, tentatively trepidatiously as we fearlessly come out of one closet it lets us come out of so many more and just it trust just the process does. i mean that's, the process. you know i think that's another thing <laughs> attest to that that you know one of the things i know i've learned is to trust the process and as yeah. a coach i you know i heard that when i was first going through my training and i'm like oh yeah yeah that sounds fine but i really do i totally get it i do trust the process because mm -hmm. the process is what gets you to where you're going. And, um, and it never ends. It Just, doesn't ever end. Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. to trust that too. Trust that too and don't get too tired. Exactly. You, might so, have, you might have a little island here or there of rest, but absolutely, true, absolutely. true growth and change is always, is always present in our lives, mm -hmm. isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's why Anne Marie and I wanted to come back for the second part of this during Pride Month was to like, okay, we talked the first show. We obviously, if you listen to that, you know, we talked about lots of questions about coming out, and we felt like this would be a nice wrap the bow around it, even though it's not complete <laughs> because it's never complete. Is to like, okay, well, let's share some things that we've seen and done and, and helped us get out and come out to where we are. So, Anne Marie, once again, I love having these conversations with you and sharing you. We need this, we're going to make this kind of a, a regular thing every couple of months. We'll, we'll do this because we do well together, at least I think. We do. And we I do. I hope it's helpful to the people that are listening. So, um, so, thank you once again for being here. And again, everybody, happy pride. Go out there, be yourself. Happy proud. Pride. And constantly <laughs> remember to never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to being truly who you're meant to be in all aspects of your life. And what I want to encourage you to do is come back and join us next week because we've got a couple of surprise people coming on that I think you're going to really enjoy listening to. Um, we've got a great guy coming up um, the first couple of weeks of July who is an amputee who has come out of his own closet and really made a difference. So thanks again, Anne-Marie, for being here. Love you. you Can't wait to have you back on again. Sounds good. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.